Welcome back to CSNS fans to another episode of the CSNS Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santos, joined, as always, by the camp chancellor, to my Earl Thomas, it's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm feeling powerful. Yeah, well, our Legion of Boom is completed by our very own Richard Sherman. That's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how did it feel whining about everything this week? <laughs> no, you I know, considering uh, what happened to good. the other more... original LOB member, he could have been worse. Yeah. He could have called you the Brown and Browder. He'd be like, how are the next eight years looking? No contest. I really just wanted to, to, to segue us straight into a conversation about Richard Sherman. Also, Richard Sherman could listen to this and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, is is there a person on earth who is a pettier <laughs> dick than Richard Sherman? Uh, can, well, seeing as his name is literally Dick, then probably Dick not. Sherm. But uh, I, th- I, I think it's awesome, and I, I'm still actually a big fan. <laughs> you can go back on this podcast, and we talked about it like two years ago. I said, "Hey, I love him because he's part of this team." But man, he just he's he's always like mad about something for no reason, and he still is. You know what I lo- I love about this whole situation is it seems like the defense hated Russ. And uh, they wanted to be able to yell obscenities at Russ and be a total dick to Russ. And at some point, Carol decided, you know what? I'm I'm picking Russ over all of you guys. And uh, it certainly seems like none of those guys are good now. Like sh- the, the Eagles suck, the 49ers are trash, and here's uh here's Russell Wilson just tearing it up like seven and five in a in a, in a driver's seat for a playoff spot. yes and an nfc where eight and eight is probably going to be a playoff team uh it's just it's it's looking really really great that's why they tell you the high road's important this is the evidence yeah well what about like after the game so you know after the game's over we we kill the 49ers and they ask richard sherman they say richard what did you think of russell wilson's performance today and he's like well you know he was 11 for what he was it, 11 for 19 11 for 17 11 for 17, well, 11 for 17. Richard, you just lost the game 42, 41? 43 to 16. 43 to 16. A score never before seen in NFL history. Now, uh, yet another score got me. Was that eight straight seasons? Nine straight seasons? Nine so straight it's seasons. a lot. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, 43 to 16. You, uh, you lost the game by a ton of points. You gave up four touchdowns as a team. And uh, yeah, that's your comment. That's your comeback there. Nine- well, remember, okay, Richard, Richard will say that I didn't give it up because as, as much as we loved him here, He's still all about himself. What was it? Four touchdowns Richard, on six attempts Richard Sherman, at one point? Yeah, but here's the thing. Richard might say, I didn't give it up, but he did give up one of the touchdowns. The Jaron Brown touchdown. Richard Sherman was in coverage on that play. 18-yard uh, touchdown to Jaron Brown. And then, or one of the Jaron, Jaron Brown had two touchdowns, yep. right? Yeah, and then the Doug Baldwin get, got a 21-yard first down on uh, yes, Richard Sherman. Yeah. Oh, where, my goodness. Where he just punked he shook him. him. He punked the Richard Sherman. Like, Richard a Sherman, bad missed tackle. Richard Sherman, not a good game. Okay, let's just let's throw it out there. Like he had a very medium to bad game. He, oh no, no, his game was mediocre. That's a good way to describe <laughs> it. Um, he made up he made up for some of his things. He did a good job in run defense. Like he's a, he's a good like run, always. He's a good run defender. But uh, he gave up two big passes, two first downs. Uh, well, I mean, one first down and a touchdown, which I I, I love Dick Sherman, which, but it was nice to beat him. Yeah, it was it was it felt really good. To get in there and uh, really sh- shut him up, and you know what? It didn't even shut him up. It didn't even work. I thought for sure after the game he'd be humble. You know, he'd man, nothing's humble. gonna shut that guy. Up. When has he ever so shut the, up? We talking offense here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Russell Wilson had an incredibly efficient day, uh, almost eleven yards per attempt. Uh, he only threw it seventeen times, eleven completions, only one hundred eighty-five yards, 
four touchdowns, he would have had well over 200 yards, except uh, there was quite a bit of yardage taken back for defensive penalties, because at some point they just realized they can't keep giving up bombs, so they started just running through our receivers. There was one where the uh, safety, uh, Exum, literally just like jumped up and gave himself a piggyback ride on a a locket, because it was going to be like a 40-yard reception. (laughs) Yeah, but Kevin, you say like... So Russell Wilson was pressured uh, 10 times in this game on his 23 dropbacks. So that's not great. Uh, but on the 10 times he was pressured, three for six, three sacked three times, three for six, three touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, the blitz did not pay nice. off. Uh, the, yeah, the, uh, they, none of those were blitz. Those were, those were all pressures without blitzes, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, the, those the, were DJ Fluker the blitzing, blitzes. On blitzing, they only got um, two two pressures. Or, yeah, two pressures. Who were the sacks assigned to? Because I felt like uh, two out of the three sacks were Russ's fault. Oh, on the uh, allowed pressure chart? Yeah. Uh, okay, on the allowed pressure chart, the sacks went two to Wilson and one to Dwayne Brown. <laughs> okay. Well, Kevin, are you referring to uh, the, the glimpse of old Russell Wilson where he ran 17 yards back? Okay, so that one... <laughs> That one was frustrating, but Classic. actually that one was uh, a matter of the uh, outside linebacker just reading exactly what we were doing, and that play was screwed from the beginning. I mean, it would have been nice if he would have dropped instead of trying to outrun them in like a backwards like outflank pattern, but the one that actually got me was when uh, Sweezy had DeForest Buckner pretty well blocked, oh, yeah, yeah. and he scrambled out to the left. Instead of taking off to run, he was looking upfield for a pass and got sacked for like negative two yards. Yeah, or just, just a little frustrating. The pockets are so clean, just step up into him. Like it's, it's, you can tell he's just not totally used to it all the not way. Not fully yet. comfortable. He does step up in the pocket a lot this season. So, I mean, he's, from the he's table, getting there, but yeah, like you said, it's not natural. It's not like an automatic, because he still, I think in his head, is not like totally. He's had most of his career. Okay. Okay. There was you, a com- actually, you started this conversation talking about efficiency. And yes, Russell Wilson was very efficient, but there were other players on the Seahawks who were very efficient. Like our entire run game? Uh, 13 rushes, 69 yards. Nice. Uh, Chris Carson, four first downs. Uh, Rashad Penny, seven rushes, 65 yards, uh, three first downs. 9.3 yards per attempt. Okay, 5.3, 9.3. <laughs> uh, the two-headed monster has been unleashed. It's on now. It, uh, yeah, Mike Carson, Davis relegated to the third running back, as it should be. Chris Carson was awesome in this game. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. Like He was very, very, uh, very... Very good. He had four four uh, tackles he avoided on his rushes, and uh, I just thought he looked super, super excellent in this game, and I was very happy. That one long reception he had right after, um, what was it? I want to say it was the Bobby Wagner recovery of the Wilson fumble. The 27-yard catch? Uh, yeah, he had the 27-yard catch up the sideline, mm-hmm. and there was this really nifty spot where he's running at full speed. We've talked about it before. Chris Carson... Chris Carson's like has a really high second gear, but no third gear. The thing that was really cool is, and I've seen this a number of times, and we saw it again today, or we saw it again on game day. He was running up the sideline, very little space to work with, and at full speed, he does a cut without breaking speed, really. And it was just kind of like this like flash stop and go cut that just buys like an extra six yards. And does stuff like that all the time, where it's just you're going, oh, yeah, that was a pretty nice, oh, wait, there was five more yards right there at the end. Yeah, Dwayne Brown was really putting my uh, my one good offensive lineman theory to work because, really, he's the only big change from last year. I mean, obviously, uh, Fluker, too, comes in, but... Solari. 
But I think like Dwayne Brown comes in and instantly the line got a little better last year. Then Solari comes in and it gets much, much better. And Maybe it's it, your one good offensive lineman, one functioning offensive line coach. Thing. Offensive line coach who's not literally the worst. The worst. Yes. Um, okay. And the, I got I to gotta say one more thing. Okay. Uh, George Fant ran one route this week. Throw it to Fant, you cowards. Okay. Oh, man. Quit Give being the people scared. what they want. Yeah, I want Fant to get a catch. If it... Throw it to Fant. You guys, no no fear. Get in there. Mark Schlereth wanted to see it against Richard Sherman. He was ready for it. And Mark Schlereth is a miserable human being. This is true. When they landed, when they put Fant on the outside on that play, I was laughing so hard. I was like, oh my God. They're just going to throw a screen pass and he's going to destroy this guy. Oh, my heart felt That felt like a little shade at Richard Sherman. 100%. (laughs) He was just like, hey, here's a big guy to just run you over. You think like when the Minnesota Vikings had Joe Webb, their third string quarterback, in? against us a few years ago in a home game here and Richard Sherman was just berating the guy and it was like come on it's it's like the worst receiver on their roster don't don't be happy about this I felt like we just we threw him a little there this week yeah and I mean (laughs) and it was a low low uh low volume week this week so like none of the receiver stats are gaudy but they're all efficient you know three receptions on three targets four two you know nobody Lockett had another day Nobody if he had been another... allowed to catch that other pass, he'd have had over 100 yards on two catches. Well, when you score 43 points, though, you don't return. need that okay. much many gonna, passing yards. But I'm going to tell you something, Kevin. This is what I'm going to say efficiency. Jaron Brown, three catches, three first downs. Touchdowns two count as first downs. <laughs> two first down, touchdowns count as first downs. Okay. Uh, Doug Baldwin, two catches, two first downs. Tyler Lockett, one catch, one first down. Okay, we just they, Apparently, every time we catch the ball, move the chains. Yep. Okay? San Francisco's trash. That, that's the end of that story. Let's go to the defense, or you got more offense? That- so let's talk defense, and my entire commentary is uh, the Seattle Seahawks defense looked like when you're playing your little brother in basketball before he has a, a growth spurt. And so, like, like he'll be kind of, like, dinking around. He might make a good dribble move or something, and it looks like maybe he can go make a layup. And they're like, wait a minute, I'm, like, nine inches taller than you. Just reach over and, like, smack the ball out of his hand. Do you think Austin Calitro... Because that felt like I was having the whole time. you think Austin Calitro listened to this podcast? Because he definitely played, like, <laughs> he knew this was his chance to shut us up. Well, if you like, notice, when he had a couple good plays, like... Uh, Ken, it turns out when you're playing a he D3 got out a Seahawks sticker and hit it to his chest. Or <laughs> no, uh, the, uh, no, Ken Norton Jr. was very, uh, very excited for him, and I, I feel like there's some some room for growth there. Although with Calitro, uh, breathing down his he's neck, not, is, yeah, it's not going to happen this year. Eight tackles, five run stops—that is a good line. But he was bad in coverage in this game, of like, course. So, so like it's it was a little bit of give and take there. The um, man is limited. Okay, can I he, say one? He had a solid game. One good one thing about the defense that maybe you guys aren't expecting, this might be the game where we look back and we think this is when Puna Ford started to become a really important <laughs> player for the Seahawks. He was you everywhere. So? Four four tackles, four run stops, twenty eight snaps. Only he so on fifteen. He Didn't was he only, get a pressure too? He was on yeah, he got he was on the field for fifteen oh. run plays and on Four of those plays, one quarter of over one quarter of the time, he got a run stop. This guy was incredible. Do you think you're going to see him week in, week out there for the rest of the Jaren, season? Jaron Reed still exists, so probably not. Like, that's a ton, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not saying he Puna Ford didn't have a great game because I, I was impressed. Jaron Reed, Puna Ford, and Naz Jones all get a lot of snaps. By the way, I love those players. Guess how many? Out. Guess how many? Maybe Kevin, if you've seen it, don't say anything. But how many pressures do you think Jaron Reed had, Eric? I have not seen it. I would love to. I guess. haven't seen it either. I'm going to say three. Okay, three is a good guess. That's, a, that's a lot. That's a lot for an interior yeah. lineman. Yeah, I was absolutely. gonna say five because it looked yeah. like it was everywhere. Yeah, nine. Nine. Oh, really? One sack, five hits, three hurries. Jaron Reed, 
You know, um, I said three, and I can uh, I can think of on top of his sack three hits. Jaron Reed was Aaron Donald in that game. Yeah. <laughs> My <laughs> goodness, that played, is disgusting. Played excellently. Um, Jaron Reed is a I think just as important to Frank Clark to this defensive line at this point. He's playing really good football week in week out, and uh, I'm really excited to see Jaron Reed like kind of continue to develop because it seems like he only gets better you know every year he seems to make another little step forward little step forward and he he started off as a rookie as a pretty good rookie so as he, he continues he's always had the run stopping but like the way that his pass rush has improved is exactly what you hoped for and here's the thing he got targeted once in the pass game this year and only gave up four yards after the catch <laughs> that's that's what i need from jaron reed right there okay more coverage uh mingo's snap count went down in favor of cleacher i think mostly because um they ran some kind. They ran this kind of janky, like I'm gonna only throw two running backs and tight ends thing, which makes sense because those are the only good running backs, in their tight team. ends, and Pettis. Yes. Yeah. So they they did that, and uh, Mingo I think is worse than Kalitra in that situation. Um, I understand why they did that. I agree. I mean, obviously, just Bobby Wagner destroyed in this game. He was so freaking good, uh, allowing uh, targeted five times in the past game, but allowing only 20 yards total. Uh, three interception, three fumble recovery, pressures, interception, fumble recovery, a pass breakup, uh, a couple a run, QB hits, run stop. Like it just, it was just an insane line. From, he just stuffed the box from like, Bobby. That was gross. Like yeah. this was the game where Bobby Wagner just Bobby Wagner was the defense. He did everything. When you say this is the game, this is like fourth game this year. He's done that, Kevin. Oh, Bob, this was Bobby his best Wagner game of the season. Is so good. It's. This, this was like a he put a stamp on this game though. Like he's had uh, two. This is his third game this year over ninety pro football focus rating, but it was his highest rating of the year, ninety six point five. He's the highest rated um, play, uh, middle linebacker on pro football focus. He's he's like the only guy over eighty for the whole season. He's he's just excellent. Yeah, excellent, he's he's excellent. disgustingly good. Do you guys think that Bobby Wagner? Okay, going back to what we talked about earlier mm-hmm. with the defense, the old defense, the Legion of Boom, kind of sticking it to the Seahawks, sticking it to Russ, sticking it to Pete Carroll as they left town. Do you feel, and this is a leading question, that Bobby Wagner is the pulse of the Seahawks and that he is the one guy standing up for these two people, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson? So uh, I just want to bring it back to what Bobby Wagner said before the season. He talked about how, you know, you didn't see him out there necessarily like you saw the other guys. But with Earl out and with Cam gone, like he knew he was stepping up and he was the leader of the defense. And he talked about it all preseason, how he was ready to take that role on. And I think that we've seen that and his leadership style I think meshes with what the team would rather have right now. And don't forget last year where he was having a, a similar season to this one where he's going to get a first-team All-Pro. And uh, it seemed like other people started saying stuff about it. And he said, like, remember when uh, Earl said maybe Bobby shouldn't have played? And he said, hey, man, don't take the shine off what I'm doing here. Yep. Like, Bobby Bobby yeah. has kind of asserted himself as I'm the leader of this defense. And obviously he's someone who, unlike the other Legion of Boom members, isn't just an insufferable dick to Russell Wilson. <laughs> you know, he ha- he's able to maintain some kind of professional collegial relationship let me tell you what makes bobby wagner special though is there's a lot of middle linebackers this year putting in great work uh luke keekley leighton vanderesh Shaq brown like all these guys are putting in really good work but what makes him special is that he is a super efficient pass rusher he doesn't pass rush often but when he does he almost always gets home um his pass rush rating on pro football focus is 90.6 which is good for First in the league among linebackers, no no minimum snap count. Everyone who's played at and linebacker. that's linebacker, not inside linebacker. Correct, but they count edges its own position, so maybe don't 
don't uh no there's no so basically outside of uh three four rush linebackers right that are functionally so you know guys like uh roquan smith ray ray armstrong uh michael kendricks is actually second if in the no snap count thing which is funny <laughs> to me 90.1 uh, they're the only two guys over 90. So, yeah, it's just been a really fantastic year for, for Bobby. He continues to put in the work and, and really lead the defense. And it's it shows, you know, it shows on the field. Yeah, I'm, every, I'm excited to see him play every week. And he's the most important player on our team. I, I don't know what the team would be like without him. And he's probably going to be the only major guy from the from the Legion of Boom era who's back next year. You know, Earl will be gone. Uh, KJ's probably gone. Probably gone. Because of the injuries. And it's going to be just Bobby. That's, that's he's like the last man standing from that from that era. But that's a hell of a piece to build a defense around. Right, and linebackers can play into their thirties, so it's not like he's going to just start sucking. So I'm yeah, I'm pumped. I'm am, I'm amped. Uh, I like those answers, fellas. I think they're uh, I think they're right on, and I love what you brought back about the preseason because I, I as much we all know people who listen to this podcast know how much I love Earl. But you're right. I mean. Earl has a certain amount of pettiness to him. He has a certain amount of ego that is a little too much. and I'm sure Bobby has it too, but it's no, it's nothing we see, and I love it. What I love about Earl is he puts the team first. You know, like He <laughs> wanted to be there so bad for his teammates, and it shows. And I think he deserve, he's going to get a good contract this year, even coming off the broken leg because of... And if he came back, that, I'd be all for it. I would, I would want him to come back on our team. But the, I don't know if he will, but that's the thing. But I think that's a door worth leaving open. Yeah. So seventy six total uh, total snaps uh, in the game, Kevin. Uh, Twenty seven pressures by the Seahawks, um, and I think this is a good example of like the way that uh, the pass rush, the way at home. that uh, not only pass rush is better at home, but the way that pressure can change a can change a game with even if you're not getting like a billion sacks. So um, you yeah, know, they total attempted of three they, sacks. They attempted forty eight passes. They were they were pre- uh, on their pressured passes. They were fifteen. Or seven for fifteen, uh, with the interception. When they're on their non-pressured passes, 20 for, twenty-three for thirty-three. So the non-pressured pass, the pressured passes made a huge difference in that in this game. Because if you don't get that pressure, I mean, six seventy percent, two touchdowns. The the one twenty-three point two uh, rating that Mullins put up in his non-pressured snaps is actually pretty good. But yeah, the, the fifty-five point nine overall though tells a different story. Yeah, it's it's the it's the <laughs> it's the fact that he's just. You know, he was he was much, 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 much worse when he was under pressure. How do you guys feel about the 414 wait, total yards? Where are you looking at his passer rating? Are you looking at a different metric than me? Yeah, I'm looking at, like, standard QBR. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at NFL, uh, 95.3. Because I was going to say, his, his like, stats don't look that bad. 414 passing yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Like, it's a good fantasy day. It's just his, his the offense moves so slow, and they got pressured, and they turned the ball over. Well, he has 414 yards, but it was one of those things where, I mean, there were some chunk yards in there, and then turnovers just made it all go away. And then, I don't know, there was, again, like, it was a hard-to-sustain offense against a team like Seattle, and you saw that. Every time it looked like they were going to do something, Seattle just, you know, put their boot on their throat. One other thing is, like, a lot of these catches just don't go for first downs. You know, like, they throw to Jeff Wilson, ton, like, a ton of times, and he only ends up with four first downs. It's like... They're, they just they throw short of the sticks and hope the guys can run past it, but the talent is not there for that to be a successful strategy, right? Yeah, or so, they have young receivers. Like there was one time that Pettis turned it towards the sideline trying to get big yards and just got tackled a yard and a half short of the sticks on a play that you wouldn't see a guy like Bobby Wagner or a guy like uh, Doug Baldwin wouldn't make the same mistake. Yeah, and I will say this. the I was a little... Uh, worried by the way our cornerbacks 
they did not like play exceptionally good against Coleman was awesome, but Flowers and Griffin did not play like super super great against a pretty subpar uh, corner uh, wide receiver group. Uh, I'm not a big Dante Pettis, Trent Taylor, Kendrick Bourne fan. I don't know about you guys. Well, as Kevin asked, how do you feel about it? I don't like that at all. I think we've kind of come to the realization week by week that our secondary is the big weak link on this team. I think that Dante Pettis had, uh, what, 129 yards receiving? Maybe that's getting up for the hometown faithful, but if you take that away, uh, you still had almost 300 passing yards. That's that's way too many for this 49er team, especially when you can say it was catch-up football, but it, it they weren't done in big spurts. I feel like they were, they were uh, long enough drives with chunk yardage. Uh, I didn't like it at all. It, it angers me because our pass rush is uh is good enough to make our cornerbacks not as bad as they are is bad the right word yeah yeah i, I agree our cornerbacks are playing poorly i mean yeah. i want i want our our pass rush to be a little more consistent but i feel like our cornerbacks I mean, are and flowers had in the, a thing where he out. made a, a couple really good tackles and he missed a couple ones that it's i not thought consistent. were yeah. i thought were gimmies i was like i'm like it, it's frustrating because trey flowers has obvious talent but he's developing you know he's young and you gotta be we have to be patient with trey flowers because it's but being in that situation with both of our starting cornerbacks is rough yeah it's tough because there are going to be days where they kill us and And sometimes they they both have that day together this could this could have been that day but uh the rest of the defense was so fantastic that it didn't really matter that much but i just think it's something to keep an eye on i mean our cornerbacks are 23 years old they're they're going to there are going to be growing pains for both of these guys in this in this uh, defense, and I think they both could turn out to be great, like like legit fringe Pro Bowlers every year. But they need they need to. There's there's flaws. There's <laughs> they need to game. figure out how to stay in their zone consistently. They need to figure out not how to get turned around on the play. Like Trey Trey gets in, in these weird situations where it seems like sometimes it seems like he pursues perfectly, and other times it's like, how did you not make that tackle right there? You know, you or, had you had that angle, you had it totally, and then all of a sudden that guy just got loose on you. He has, or like we talked about before, he did, the, both of them do not cover with their speed. No. Uh, the two of them constantly have to give too big of a cushion, and it's like they just don't trust their ability to use speed to close. And and, it, and that's a, a big problem. It, it works fine when Earl's the safety because Earl Thomas runs like a four one forty in pads. I don't know. He's so fast. Yeah, he's like a half his, a second faster in his forty time with pads. On his the field. game speed is like absurd. And but with Tedrick, Tedrick is solid. He is a. I think he is a very solid NFL free safety. Is he the best free safety in the league? Mm, no. Mm-mm. So that's kind of what we we need to we need to protect him a little bit, you know. We need to say, hey, we need to give him some help. He needs some help. Yep. Uh, he from the cornerbacks. He can't do it himself. It's not like Earl, where Earl was like turning everyone out. And I think Brad is a legitimate, you know, top twenty safety in the league. But that's that's still not. He's not. No one. None of these guys are Earl. You know, they're not changing. None of them are arguably the best safety in all of football. Arguably, I mean, who are you gonna got? Eddie Jackson, like Derwin James. Uh, Derwin I James, would say, wow, how is he so good already? Yeah, that's, <laughs> and we missed him by this much. In any given year, there was always like last year. You could have talked about Harrison Smith. Both uh, earlier in his career, there were some. Both of Washington's safeties are so good. Hawk, Clinton Dix, DJ Swearinger. Those yeah. guys are awesome. That uh, that uh, unfortunately that team's cursed, probably because their team name is not great. Okay, uh, so yeah. You ready to ready to talk about the Vikings? Let's let's move to the Vikings. All right, Everybody. let's 
move to the Minnesota Eric's Vikings. body is ready. Let's move to the Vikings. I am. You have Eric, no idea. Eric, tell me, tell me what you 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 see. Watch you watch some Red Zone. You watch some tape. What are you? What are your thoughts on the Vikings? Like just from uh, from the limited amount you've seen them. I've seen them more than I want to admit, man. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's let's go back to the beginning of the season where we kind of looked at what we thought was going to happen between teams and the NFC Championship game. I thought might be like the Packers and the Rams, or maybe the Vikings in there somewhere because this defense is going to be so awesome so consistent with their corners with their pass rush with their run stop i felt like Kirk cousins was going to come in and be just good enough to be a plus quarterback like above a consistent average quarterback and i thought the run game was going to be something special with uh who's their running back that you tried to trade me like three times dalvin cook uh fast forward to reality their defense is uh is fine is good their defense is very good but it's it's not unbreakable you have a quarterback in Kirk cousins who certainly likes to float the ball at a very slow speed not very far he reminds me of alex smith when nathan isn't talking alex smith up and then their running game is is just mi it's very inconsistent when it's good and i feel like i'm being kind with that so that's what i feel about them okay can i drop a quick comparison yeah sure the 2018 Minnesota Vikings are the 2017 Seattle Seahawks if Russell Wilson couldn't run. Yeah, they they're they're hmm. their offensive line is trash. Their run blocking they can't run at all. Their run blocking is horrible. Their pass blocking is inconsistent. Some weeks it's there, some weeks it's not. But their run blocking is like Horrible, and their running backs aren't doing much to help. And Dalvin Cook has been hurt all year, so it's like... Latavius Murray is like mediocrity incarnate. Yeah, it's like... But here's the thing about them, too, is their pass... Their defense is really good, but their pass rush is very inconsistent. The one game they've won recently was against the Packers, and that's only because their pass rush decided to show up. Other than that, their pass rush has not shown up outside of like a couple games the whole year. Does Fluker being out worry you with their pass rush? Uh, his replacement Simmons uh, seems to have played well. It's going to be weird to see how, or I'm sorry, it'll be interesting to see how they go with a week, you know, with no fluker instead of just like, eh, we're just going to put Joey Hunt. I can in give there. you some. I can give you a Simmons. Uh, if Joey Hunt is out there, I am going to set fire to facilities at the Seahawks. <laughs> All right. So Simmons played ten snaps in this game. He gave up uh, a pressure in t- in six pass blocks and was, from what I can see here, okay in, in the run game. So he he's probably serviceable, you know. But uh, he also he did get some play in earlier games this season. Yes, Jordan Simmons also appeared in Week Ten and Week Eleven. Uh, in Week Ten, he played a lot, sixty-eight snaps, and was very good, allowing one sack the whole game against the Rams, and really did some good work in the run game as well. So if yeah, and the Rams is a pretty good defensive line. So yeah, Simmons is probably all right. Like not nothing to write. Home about, but I mean, should be. I think he's probably our best option as a backup guard, and being in there isn't going to hurt us too much. I'll say this: it doesn't, it doesn't worry me because we're at home. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be a little trying or, for them, but the fact that this is a home game for us is going to pay off. Tim or Posich, right? Like those are the those yeah. Are like, be him or put Posich on the left side and switch Sweezy back over. I think that all of those are going to be pretty net the same results. I don't want to rush DJ back just because um, we are we are in the playoffs. We need basically one, maybe two more wins. But we 
one win is pretty solid for us because we have the tiebreaker against all the other teams who are probably going to get to eight wins. Yeah, if we win this week, we will have the tiebreaker against any relevant team. Yeah, so it, I would I would rather just don't rush DJ back. But Kendricks will be back this week, which is which is pretty nice. That um, does a lot for our coverage on uh, short passes. It'll let Kalitro go down to 20, 20 like select snaps where he can maybe do what he does best, which is be not covering passes. And uh, <laughs> that would. Dude, I'm serious. Yeah, he's really bad in coverage. Just, he's really fine in run, in uh, run stopping. If we only play him when there's three and linebackers on the field, he'll probably be serviceable. Yep, and he's also uh, he's a solid special teamer. Like he's not a bad oh, guy to have yeah. out there. No, he's a good special teamer. I agree. Um, all right, so Minnesota though. So yeah, inconsistent pass rush, in very very bad offensive line. Thirty first in the pass game, Pro Football Focus rating, pass blocking. Twenty sixth in run blocking, uh, Pro Football Focus for Minnesota. That's just. It's not they're not cutting it in the offensive line, and we all we know from years past that unless your quarterback is like uh, literally Jesus, I think ours is right. Yep. Then you're much. probably gonna be screwed if you if you can't protect the passer. So yeah, that's that's my review of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they've also been pretty bad the last three weeks, except for the ga- a game against a Green Bay team that was literally trying to lose to get their coach fired, and uh, it worked. It did. <laughs> I would say the only. Yeah, I would say uh, the thing the thing to worry about here is can Diggs and Thielen work our corners to the extent ah. where it's a huge problem for us. <laughs> you got, that you is forgot. your one spot to worry. Our best cornerback is a slot cornerback. Uh, we Which have is good against Thielen. Coleman yeah. Coleman has been uh, has been a, a couple has had a couple tough games this year, but overall the Seahawks this year are first in the league covering slot receivers, and they're um, according to NFL.com's next gen stats. And they have yeah, there's six only. versus non one and two receivers uh, according yeah. to DVOA. So yeah. like absolutely in the same line, like interior receivers. Yeah, I think we've given well. up one touchdown to a slot receiver so far this year. Well, I think so, that'll change this week with Thielen. I mean, Thielen does dude, bother Col- me a little bit. Coleman is very good, and it's Thielen th- is, I think, better as a player. Right, which means that Thielen will have a good day. He will have a hundred yard game. Will probably have a good day, but. I don't know if their offense can do anything outside of that. It's like they're gonna probably each get a touchdown. We'll talk about this with our picks, but I, I don't think it's gonna it's gonna end the game for us. But yeah, those guys are going to go off, especially Thielen. The no. the thing for me is that the the Seahawks pass rush needs to show up in this game. The Panthers also have a very had a very subpar offensive line, but we struggled to get consistent pressure against the Panthers. And Home so, game matters. And so, well, yeah, but the thing is is we need to see the team get more than eight pressures like if it's like the carolina game and we only get eight pressures kirk cousins will carve us apart yes it's gonna happen what if we secondary can't force five turnovers and actually recover two of them yeah then that would be that would be a lot better than carolina that'd be sweet uh i think the other thing to watch out for is uh minnesota can handle number one receivers but they're pretty middling against all other receivers and titans and running backs carve them up so I'd look for Vanette to get a couple of first downs, and I'd look for us to work running backs into the passing game a little heavier. Also, our receivers, we flip a coin to see who our number one receiver is. So, Hey, uh, hey guys. We'll figure it out. Guys, i got to tell you something. What's up? The, there's a secret in this game. Which is that the secret the secret yards are where the Seahawks can really make hay this year. Uh, the DVOA, uh, this is one of the worst. Minnesota is one of the worst special teams teams in the whole league. Because no matter who their kicker is, it's always Blair Walsh. Co- <laughs> it is true. They've had bad luck in the kicking game. According to Pro it's Football. like a Stephen King novel. According to Pro Football Focus, they're uh, a really a middle-of-the-pack special teams 
team, and it's mostly because of um, they've had like one really great special teams performance in the loss against uh, Chicago. So I'm very excited to see if the Seahawks can really take advantage of the fact that our kicker is good and their kicker is Daniel Carson, Dan Bailey, and they've been bad this year, or their punter is not is not great either. Well, their you punter's know, not Michael Dixon. Matt White, Matt Weil. Is his name? As opposed to Michael Dixon, who, despite people for some reason suddenly getting down on him, is still leading the NFL in net punt yards. Yeah, 44.2 yards per punt attempt, 74.9 pro football focus rating. If we look at Minnesota, let's just as a point of comparison, right? The real secret side. Their punter is 40.4 net yards with a 65 pro football focus rating. That's worse. Because here's the thing. Secret yards. We're going to get some secret yards, guys. For those of you getting mad at Michael Dixon, don't be mad that we haven't had to punt the ball very much in the last few weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, in the end, Minnesota's offensive line cannot run the ball. Um, And it matches up horribly against our defensive line, which is pretty good at uh, against power runs. And so they're going to have a hard time running up the middle. They're going to have a hard time running to the outside because their backs aren't good for it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Look for the run coverage, especially with uh, Kendricks in there. Uh, to be much better and look for an overall improvement this should be one of those things where they're gonna get some chunk yards where their wide receivers get open just because our coverage isn't what it should be but i think outside of some of those chunk plays we should mostly be getting a lot of like three and out six and out type drives kevin i had more secrets though you ready (laughs) secrets Okay, I'm, I'm going to leave the room. Let me be in here with your Dan, secrets. Dan Bailey, has, he allows a return on 52.9% of his kickoffs, and that's that's fourth worst in the league. Uh, and he allows 22.9 yards per return. He basically, here's the thing. Uh, a lot of these guys just kick it through the end zone now. Uh, a good example of that would be the, would the, be Seabass? the Seahawks kicker. Who, who puts it through the end zone. Who gets out of his Burka lounger uh, on the sideline, 50, laces up his steel-toed boots, finishes, and kicks it through. Finishes 30, his cigarette as fast as he can. <laughs> 31 of 54 have gone through the back of the end zone for, for Seabass. Uh, Remember that one where, time when he kicked four field goals for Pokai in the city championship? Dan, <laughs> Dan Bailey is is uh, 22 for 51. He just he lets people give takes return on him, and it, and it can be bad. You know, it can... Bad things can happen. Are you telling me that we may, again, for the second week in a row, watch Tyler Lockett take a ball far enough for a guy my size to track him down <laughs> and fire him? I mean, he's, he's so fast, he got caught from behind by, like, a middle linebacker. He's still just a little bit of stamina. Just a little Dan, bit. Dan Bailey's dead last in the league in yards per kickoff attempt. Um, I'm just, I'm just. This is good it, for us. I'm just throwing us out there. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see Penny get some run back there, they, too. They are really bad in this, like... Uh, the secret yards thing. This, secret uh, yards. This, there you go. Kevin's in now. I knew it. I knew I could convert him to secret yards. Uh, yeah. So get ready. Get ready. Get, I think special teams, a big special teams play, uh, kind of breaks it open for the Seahawks, and that, and we're off to the races. Right, you guys, predictions, gentlemen. You want to do scores? Yes. yes. Do it. Okay. Um, Minnesota Vikings aren't able to generate. Uh, the consistent pass rush is inconsistent. The uh, Sheldon Richardson revenge game never materializes. Uh, Seahawks win. 28 to 10. Ooh. Yeah. Eric. Uh, I like that score because I thought you were going to steal mine. Seahawks are going to have a great day at home. We're going to win. We're going to lock up that playoff spot just about. 
Vikings are going to score on us. We're going to be very upset with that, but it's not going to matter because there's going to be a win where they uh, they can't beat us because it's more than one score. 28-19 to 19, Seahawks. All right. Uh, I have a less comfortable score than you gentlemen. Um, I think it's going to be one of those games where there's going to be probably a missed field goal in there for the Vikings capping a drive. Seattle's going to get a couple of scores. It's going to be Seattle 24. And I have the Vikings at 21 with probably a fourth quarter touchdown that they then have to kick the ball back to us and we just bleed the clock out for like three minutes. Really, a really inexplicable pick six keeps it close. (laughs) <laughs> that, that would be like the kind of a this se- very this season thing to happen. Um, all right, Kevin, tell me about Army Navy. Uh, no, but that's the only <laughs> but that's the only football game this week. Uh, if you want to watch Army Navy, watch Army Navy. I'm not selling this to you. Kevin wants a Navy's break. been trash this year. Army's pretty good, but Army, this is just option dumb. Army like, is kind of good. Like, if you like dumb games, watch this game because it will be dumb. Army, and I like dumb games. So I'll watch. Army uh, Army went to Oklahoma and only lost by seven this year. Yeah, that's because Navy. Uh, Navy. If Navy, you watch, if you watch Baltimore right now, yeah. that is what Army is doing. Where they're like, you know what? If we just run the ball seventy times a game, then you'll like you can only score so many points if we just don't give you the ball. Well, Navy lost forty-two to zero to Cincinnati, so that was what, that was <laughs> that's my because follow-up. Navy is trash this year, uh, which is funny because Ken Niamatololo usually does a very good job with his crew. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's a, been a weird. It's been a uh, a weird, an year. oddly down year for Navy. All right, we're getting really close to our Patreon goal, gentlemen. We're at ninety five dollars, only five dollars to go. Uh, so if you want to join, before we do the trivia, if you want to join, yeah, then trivia's contest for the Sexy. Patreon. It'll be on the Patreon uh, with prizes and everything. Uh, Forrest, if you want to join, Forrest, Richard, Tom, Lucas, Carrie, Chuckatilla, Kieran, Brett, Mike, David, Mirza, Keith, Arthur. Frank, Michelle, Matt, Michael, and the returning Josh A. Then you, oh, and Nick. God, can't forget Nick. He, his, for some reason, his reward thing is in a weird spot in the Patreon pledge manager. Uh, you want to join them, head to patreon.com slash seahawksnest or from thehawksnest.com. Takes you straight there now. Also, you can head over to give us facebook.com slash seahawksnest, twitter.com slash seahawksnest. Uh, give us a like. Give us a um, thumbs up. Whatever you like to do for your social media needs. We're also on Instagram, not posting anything ever. Uh, Social media needs. Um, all right. right. Pat. Do we have four-star reviews? Uh, do you, want, you want me to look and see how many five-star reviews we got? Okay, That's here. right. iTunes, Seahawks Nest. Here we go. It's loading and 46 five-star. It's the same as last week. 46. Guys, we still have 23 23 away. 23 to go until we get to the sex number. Okay. Then, um, Show and a grower. There was one other thing I wanted to mention in this section today, and you for, totally blew my spot up right there. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, did we get any Twitter questions this week, Kevin, that I just kind of blew past? Uh, I no, not- we hit them. I kind of angled towards it. The one that we didn't talk about. So we talked about uh, we had one person who wanted us to recognize the fact that uh, Calitro didn't completely blow for a game. Got you. Feeling it, fams. And then the update on Paul I, Allen I, I hit is that. that there is no update on Paul Allen. Yeah, okay, that's what I was going to say. There's, There's no update on the owner situation. Sorry, Richard, because uh, basically it's probably going to take until sometime into next year. Uh, the family did not want to take over ownership. So they're go- there's going to be a sale process. NFL owners have already come out and said, like, don't worry about it. There's no way Seattle uh, is going to lose the Seahawks. 
Um, so like our Sonic's hearts can uh, can refrain from being a flutter. It's gonna be a record amount. How about this? It is a worry. Is though. there is there someone is there someone that uh like is there someone that you'd like to see step up and on the team? Me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> not not Jeff Bezos. Not Jeff Bezos. Now I want somebody who's gonna be a lot like Paul Allen. Here's some money. I'm gonna hire people who know what they're I- doing. Chris now Hansen. do it well. I have Chris someone Hansen. I'm rooting for. You ready? Yes. Steve Ballmer. That'd be fun. What he has done with the Clippers has been very good. That team is good. They're exciting. And I think that he's a Seattle guy. Sorry. And NFL did change some rules around. So now you can own a team in the market that's not the same market as, you know, whatever. Even though Paul Allen already did that because Paul Allen has screw you money. Portland is considered the Seahawks NFL market oh. because they don't have a team. Uh, yeah, but they did have a team when they, Paul Allen they, bought them. They, they didn't have an NFL team. Okay, <laughs> sorry. It would be the NBA that would object. Yeah. Yeah. He was grandfathered. You forgot about the Portland there's had an a, XFL team. There's, there's, a, there's an NFL. Give me started, Kevin. Yeah. They announced today, Eric is very excited. Seattle will be getting an XFL team. Screw Eric, the NHL local, expansion. It's about that XFL expansion. Local Seahawks fans. Would you like to accompany me to one XFL game? Because believe it or not, that is all we can take. Where, uh, where, we here at the Seahawks Nest are really are looking playing? forward to watching Mike McCarthy coach again. That's right. XFL twenty twenty. Why are they playing in CenturyLink? Where Field? would they play? Firefox or whatever. That place, wherever the women, the women's uh, soccer team plays. They that's can't, where they, they should can't indoor Starfire. No. no, I think they play at that Memorial Stadium thing. No, you need to have it at CenturyLink because Showbox? why not? The Showbox, yeah. The Showbox, Showbox Soto. South, Showbox Soto, though. Yeah, Showbox not Soto. not the regular Showbox. It's gotta be in town. The Showbox Soto. Okay, um, <laughs> if they allowed <laughs> if, if they allowed custom jersey names on the back of the jersey, and you played for the XFL Seattle team, what would your jersey say, Eric? Oh, this is perfect. Are you ready? Yeah. Shrug emoji. <laughs> just just like like the thing with yeah, the just, like the lines. Yeah, the, the, that's, <laughs> but you have to make it so it lines up with your shoulders. So when you shrug, it shrugs. Yeah. All right, it. Kevin, you got it. Do you have something you'd want to put on the back of your jersey? This came out of nowhere, and I'm really excited for the question. I don't think I have anything. I would just come up with something that seems marketable. Okay. He's not a fan of me. Like, like he hates me. Like <laughs> the, the working man. He version. dislikes me. I think you should do something Hates that involves the fact word. that you have red hair, just because I think like 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 people will, people with red hair would love that. Like if it said like Ginger Ninja or something like that. Yeah, that would probably like, be something. Pe- good. That'd be very marketable. Yeah, um, not Ginger Vitus. No, uh, no. I, I think that seems like bad marketing. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like. Bad I could marketing. get probably get like a Crest deal with that one. Oh yeah, you could get no. It's it'd be it'd be with it'd be with Colgate, not Crest. <laughs> That's true. Crest is a little too. Crest risky. doesn't have the. Crest is it might too, be Arm and Hammer. Crest is a little too classy for the uh, for the XFL. For the XFL, it could be uh, Arm and Hammer. Yeah, I, I I thought about this a lot, and then I just said I'd go with a Nathan A. Santos Senior, even though I don't have a kid that's a junior. Yeah, I would go. That's true. I could go with. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty I could good. go with Garber Senior the third. On just the like back. I just wanted another chance to make fun of the fact that he will put senior oh, on the back. You should of their put jerseys. Esquire on the back of Muhammad, your jersey. Yes. Muhammad Sanu. You need an Esquire. Muhammad Sanu <laughs> took a lot of a lot of heat from me this week because it says Sanu Senior on the back of his jersey, and I was just ranting in the in the living room to to one person. Sorry to anyone. Sorry, I room. really can't wait until we get a junior senior, someone whose last name is Junior, and they put Senior on the back of their jersey. What about Junior? What? Yeah, never mind. Junior Galette's a first name. I I give it seven thought. years, Kevin. I shouldn't have brought up Junior Seau, though. Um, oh, too soon. Too late. Too late? Oh, yeah. Ugh. Okay. Um, 
Kevin, are you excited about Udo's bowl assignment? Uh, Ohio State, do you think it'll be a good game? I have no idea. Flip a coin. Ohio State will either lose by a touchdown or win by four because it depends on what Ohio State shows up. Yeah, I have no idea what Ohio State's going to be like it's with the be coaching the, uh, change. The Urban and the, Meyer oh. heartfelt game, man. But the Ohio, uh, yeah, Ohio State. They might beat lay the, an egg for that reason. Ohio State beat the brakes off Michigan. I was impressed by the way they yeah, played. Yeah, and game. that was really interesting. But then they also, like, they didn't have a great oh, game they, against a solid Northwestern and they team. They lost to game. They lost to Purdue, who's not that good. Right. They've lost some inexplicable games. Um, I just don't know if Seattle has enough on, or if uh, Washington, if UW has enough on yeah, offense. Yeah, UW's offense is not great. Um, but, but Ohio State's defense is not that good that either. I yeah, mean, so we'll see. Washington should just like run Miles Gaskin on every play. I don't. They really, should do a lot of run plays, and I, I think you could see a lot of trickery too. Yeah. And Chris Peterson's have, a really good coach. So. He is a really good coach, so it should be interesting. I hope they win this one. It'd be it'd be really good for the program to get it'd a be good for the win. Pac-12 because I think if they lose. Uh, Pac-12 people gets are, buried again. People are going to bury the Pac-12 this year. Like, it, it would be a nice like redemption arc for the Pac-12 to get this to get this win. Yeah, the Pac-12 needs to show up in bowls this year. Well, yeah, a lot of things too is because of slighted because all the other um, conferences got really good bowl assignments. Like the Pac-12 has a lot of I think easy matchups. winnable games. Yeah. yeah, like they should they should go like seven and two or eight. Like they should win a lot of bowl games this bowl season. Like WSU instead of getting West Virginia because West Virginia got bumped up, Texas gets bumped up, Oklahoma gets bumped up. Now they get Iowa State as the number two available. Which Iowa team. State's a good team, but they're but they're like but they're but Washington State should be better. It really comes down to Leach being an idiot. And then Oregon got a good bowl <laughs> Imagine matchup. Imagine that. Yeah, Leach is. Ugh. Oregon okay. got a good bowl matchup. At least yeah. it's not going to mean a blizzard, so they'll actually be able to throw. Oh, it'll uh, be a surprise <laughs> blizzard in Vegas. <laughs> Su- surprise! Uh, the San Antonio is having a blizzard, and San you're telling blizzard. Then Leach will be too stubborn and just keep throwing like an idiot anyway. Yep. What a what a dumbass! <laughs> he's the most frustrating coach. Right. Like I'm not even a Wazoo fan, and he just bugs the crap out. Yeah, of as me. a Wazoo graduate, um, it, it, he is like the most infuriating human on on earth. I like do not like because the thing is, is that. I feel like UW every year comes out with like a great game plan to play WSU, and then Leach just does the same shit. And it's like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Like, come up with a new plan. It's not working. He's the ultimate, like, if every problem is, uh, if you only have a hammer, every problem is a nail. Yeah. It's like, you know what? You would be really good against this? Timing passing. Blizzard? Timing passing. It'll be Water fine. polo? Timing passing. Hurricane? Timing passing. It's like, who... Who tries to run a timing offense where you throw into spaces against the best? Against arguably the best pass offense in in a uh, blizzard in the in the United States of America. I think the blizzard in a is, blizzard. The blizzard is the part that annoys me the most. Okay. It's bad enough it was against UW, but in a friggin' blizzard too. Okay, let's go ahead and get started on um, our. This is our 2019 edition of the Seahawks Nest Awards draft. Kevin killed everyone last year. Scoring by far the most points. I came in a significant number ahead of Eric, but not as far as Kevin was ahead of me. And uh, so, Eric, you're going to get a chance for redemption by picking first this year. And I'll tell you, as someone who has already done an awards draft this year. Um, oh, by the way, let's remind people. You score points in our awards drafts for, for uh, Golden Globe nominations and wins, Academy Award nominations and wins, and Razzie nominations and wins. And you get points in... 
uh, ascending order based on how prestigious the award is. So going from best, best picture through the actor actress yeah. awards. And there's there's small points, small fry points for technical awards and stuff. Uh, so you can try to like score a few of those. Eric, I'm gonna tell you, like I said, there is a clear first pick this year, and I'm I'm, hoping, I'm not that I'm not that guy to make that. I'm hoping you can find that, Eric. I have no idea, man. Are you and if you miss it, me? I'm picking second. And I'm ready here to pick to uh, clean up. I'll be really unhappy if you just see him. Guys, is it just? Yeah, I'm totally gonna screw it up. It's gotta be Fifty Shades Freed, right? I don't know. <laughs> That's gonna win a lot of Razzies. Uh, it might be man. a good second round. It, pick. it will be the best Razzies movie. That's a I fact. just I feel like it's gonna it's just terrible i'm not the guy i'm not the guy all right eric you got this come on what you got what the hell is a star is born a star is born all right good pick that, that was the, the movie pick <laughs> i was hoping that you wouldn't pick it i'm gonna pick the favorite which is a a, a powerhouse cleaning up uh you'll probably get two supporting actors Wait, i got a i got um, a real question kevin you type your own what the hell is the favorite you? uh the favorite is uh the favorite of was it queen Victoria? Yeah. It's oh, like, yes, it's yes, two, yes, okay. These two women, and they're competing against each other. It's like it the only... relatively interesting. It's like the only awards movie that stuck the landing so far, except yep. for Roma, which is a Netflix movie, which they might just shit on because it's a Netflix movie. It is, but I'm going to take that risk because it also might get foreign films, which is a French film. Yep. So I'm going to go ahead and take Roma with my first pick, and for my second pick, I am going to pick a movie that has not come out yet. Oh, no. You're going to pick the movie I was going to pick. But is a movie that I personally want to see and think will do very well. It it's also gets a musical nomination. Poppins. Mary Poppins no. returns. Oh, that was my next pick. Okay, I'll take um, if uh, I'll take I'll take Green Book. Uh, I want I'm that's gonna, a good shot. I'm gonna clean up a bunch of little uh, actor nominations there with a uh, with Vigo and uh, Mahershala Ali. Uh, so there we go. Uh, Eric, a lot uh, of supporting. You are up. <laughs> I'll you take two uh, picks in a row on yes, this. Yeah, I do. Row. Let's go. Uh, Black Klansman. Black Klansman. Oh, are you gonna go double black here? Uh, the black no, attack is back. No, because no, because I think the other one. In one of my other that. awards drafts, someone did pick Black Clansman and Black Panther in a row, and they were just like, they were like, yeah, uh, the, the best pick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think, uh, I'm gonna think out of the box here. I'm gonna go Inquiables. Incredibles, Incredibles too. Yeah. Always a good point. Get, and also, it's uh, gonna get uh, at least get two nothing. nominations yeah. for animated exactly. probably should win at least one of them. Exactly. The thing about uh, Incredibles too also is that. Um, Sequels don't do good in this uh, in this uh, in this thing, but it's a, it's a strong uh, contender. I'm gonna go with First Man at this point. Uh, it should get a lot of technical nominations. Has an outside shot to get some actor and uh, stuff like that. So I'm 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 in for First Man, Kevin. That's rough on me. So uh, I was planning on taking First Man for the same reason. So I'm definitely going to take If Bill Street Could Talk, mm-hmm. another yeah. movie that has not come out but a, has like, a lot of interest. It's like the last Best Picture winner contender that I think is left on the board. Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and go a little bit out on a limb with another one that may or may not do well. But I'm going to go ahead and take Vice ah. in the next pick oh. because I think that's another one that has a good chance of grabbing quite a few nominations well you know what you guys you guys have been stripped of the choice of picking black panther because i'm taking it now eric uh let's go won't you be my neighbor oh nice uh, going for eric going trying for to, those do- eric uh, trying to documentaries pick up, pick up the winner of best documentary this I, is a, I learned from the best from last year uh this movie is a huge favorite to win uh best picture or best documentary looking forward to watching that probably this weekend and then um fred mm. rogers i'm gonna cry when i watch that so i don't want to watch it like, Fred Rogers is such a huge part of my childhood, and I just, like, don't want to watch this movie about... You're on the tail end of his career, too. It's going to remind me that he died, and it's going to make me sad. And what an amazing human being he yeah, was. he was so yep. nice. Um, 
Oh, That's one of my favorite running gags on Reddit is when someone like trashes someone else for saying something bad about uh, Fred Rogers. The next person is like, you know, Mr. Uh, Fred Rogers would be very disappointed in you for not understanding this person's point of view. <laughs> and yeah, like, it, like, well, it's like, like insult. Fred, Fred Rogers is Fred. He's like, it was just a joke, man. It's like, you don't joke about Mr. Rogers. Yeah. I also like uh, that it's become an insult that Fred Rogers would be very disappointed with you right now. Am I back to back? I got one more. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Infinity War. Let's do it. Special effects. Uh, all right. Soundtrack. All right. I don't mind it. Uh, Avengers colon. It's good. Get some. I like to do a really good pick followed up by a really uh, suspicious. Okay. I'm pick. gonna I'm gonna be the first person to, uh, to go for a Razzie. Dip into the Razzies. I'm gonna take a movie that seems like it was tailor made to win as many Razzies as possible. That movie is uh, is the conspiracy theory classic Death of a Nation. Oh. Um, it looks like a it. Looking at past Razzies, Razzies, the Razzies love to shit on movies like this, where it's like zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The movie is like a about a conspiracy. They love to make fun of this stuff. So I'm gonna go Death of a Nation. Uh, I'm gonna keep going with uh, standard awards fair for right now. Uh, a movie that's gonna probably get some Best Actor love as well as some things for sound, and that's Bohemian Rhapsody. Sure, nice. And I think uh, this is really hard. Mark Kevin, you said you. Uh, keep it in the lane of movies that I actually enjoy. I'm going to take Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Asians is a good pick. It should do really well at the Globes. It should, but I got crapped on for uh, picking uh, The Big Sick last year, which was really good, and got no love. Yeah, I'm yeah, going. I forgot about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Razzies guys. I'm gonna go with another movie that seems uh, tailor made to uh, to pick up. Uh, some Razzies, and that's Fifty Shades Freed. Yeah, great pick for uh, a Razzie. So uh, that's. I have a feeling that your next two picks were going to be the two movies I almost picked back to back right now and just ducked, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> Am I up? Yep. Yeah, you're two back to back. Let's go. The Mule. The Mule. Okay, a nice like uh, out. It's not out yet, so people don't know like what what to expect with this one. It's but like it's a getting some like late buzz. Real yeah. sleeper. It's a real it's sleeper. Clint Eastwood. You know they got to give him something before he dies because he's getting close. And then uh, in the special <laughs> effects costume category, let's just get some nominations under my belt. Let's go Fantastic Beasts. One thing I like about this More too sequel is not only could it get like a couple technical awards, uh, but it could get like also some Razzie Nut love because they want to shit on Johnny Depp for... Yeah. I know. It's one of two movies I think could get some crossover between real awards and Razzies. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Mm, okay, I'm gonna pick a quiet place. Uh, Ooh, should oh, should get should get some nice sound, uh, some love in the sound categories, and has an outside shot to pull a uh, a best picture nomination. Uh, now I have to rethink. That was my next pick. So then I'm gonna go with the movie I thought you were gonna pick Venom. that I almost picked before, and that is probably the worst movie of the year. Oh, What's God. the worst movie this year? Gotti. Gotti. Yeah, Gotti. I'm going to go ahead and take Gotti. Oh my God, Kevin, how can you do that? <laughs> oh my God, Eric, I'm you so, there's, die. There's, so one, there's one really good Razzie contender still hanging out there. I just want you guys to know. I'm going to take it with my last pick if you guys don't. Uh, Are you going to pick it right now, Kevin? There's a good chance I'll end up picking it right now because I'm looking around. You picked A Quiet Place. Uh, oh, actually, I'll pick Can You Ever Forgive Me. Okay, then I'll pick... Then I'll pick a movie with. So you're has... going to pick Fahrenheit 11.9? No, I'm oh. going to pick Happy Time Murder. Oh. Good call. Uh, which is, uh, yeah, not not good. No, it's not happy, but it is a time. Okay. Uh, then uh, your turn. Uh, I'm going, actually, Fahrenheit 11.9. 
And uh, yeah, it's slightly worse, slight, slightly worse pick than uh, Death of a Nation, but also really same, same, same idea. Also, they're saying it might get a worse, uh, a worse supporting actor uh, nomination for <laughs> Donald Trump. Yes, it's funny. <laughs> um, and then I'll go. Um, you know, I just keep staring me in the face. Ready Player One. Okay, that could, that could get some tactical awards as yeah. well and some sound. Okay, I'm gonna Spielberg son it. It's it's gonna win everything. I'm gonna roll off one that's been floating for a long time that I thought was gonna get picked over and over. That's Widows. Kevin, I don't know. I don't know what Widows is. Uh, it's a it's, it's a, a heist movie, heist which movie. Yeah. officially is hard for me to pass up. Um, I'm kind of avoiding it because it's like all of my weaknesses. Uh, this is really hard. I know my next pick unless you take it. So, um, I think I'm gonna take this is your last two, right, Kevin? Kevin my gonna... last two. So I'm gonna take Isle of Dogs. Yeah, I thought you were going to. for the animation nominations, and then I'm gonna take. I think. The Hope Solo movie. So I'll just go ahead and walk through the process because I can't pick after this There's, anyway. I've, so I'm caught between two movies I'm really strongly considering. One is Mary Queen of Scots, okay. which I think is going to get some nomination for uh, supporting and possibly lead lead lead, lead actress, mm-hmm. as well as maybe some hair and makeup stuff. Um, the other movie I'm really strongly considering is First Reformed. Yeah, I was going to say, First which Re- is getting a lot of buzz. First I Reformed. think First Reformed probably has more points in the bag, which is where I was leaning. <laughs> I totally forgot about that movie. So I think I am going to take First Reformed, but Mary Queen of Scots was really tempting. Good. I'm glad you didn't even bring up the movie I was going to pick, which I floated all the way to this point and snuck it by you guys. It's eighth grade. It's going to get it's going to get nominated for best comedy. It's probably going to get an actor nomination, and it has an outside shot to get best screenplay at both award shows. So I am all in on eighth grade. Eric, your I last pick. Honestly, uh, Mary Queen of Scots. Let's do it. Okay. It's safe. It's The safest pick, I think, right now would be to pick Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. But No, 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 no. I feel like that has one nomination. I feel nomination. like uh, Ragged Ralph will get nominated for two animated. I think But I think, I think Mary Queen of Scots has more of a chance of actually winning. I think winning Spider-Man something. into the Spider-Verse has a chance to win the, the uh, animated award. People are raving about that movie. It's, it, I don't know. People saw it and they said it was good. Yeah, what man, am I supposed I, to do? I think Incredibles 2 is going to take that one. All right. So uh, for Eric, for Kevin, tell us your awards thoughts this week as we head into Golden Globes on Thursday. We'll see you next week. Go Hawks. Good time, bro.